0: My guest today on the podcast is Sherry Meredith. And although Sherry is right here in Ontario, Canada, where I am, her impact, her influence, and her resources are relevant to everybody at any age, anywhere around the globe. I just loved connecting with Sherry and getting to know more about her and discovering that her 40 years of Experience and leadership in the foundations, not-for-profit, and education sectors have culminated in her purpose, which is helping individuals really identify the values and the issues that really create for them a personalized, meaningful, philanthropic plan. Sherry works with individuals and organizations and corporations to help them map it out so that it's really relevant. Her credentials are extensive. The details will be in the show notes and also the link to Sherry's website where she provides a lot of resources that I think you'll be lifted by. One of the things that really intrigued me on her website is the resource that she has helping you to create the cornerstone of your legacy. And additionally, the seven steps to creating a giving circle. I didn't know until I talked with her today that anybody could create a giving circle anywhere of any size, of any theme, of any impact. So without further ado, welcoming our guest, Sherry Meredith. And I just know you're going to learn a lot today. It is going to be a great conversation. Welcome to the Lift As You Climb podcast, where it's all about the journey and the joy of discovering who you are now, deciding who you want to become, and embracing your genuine identity, influence, and impact. In each episode, we'll explore how life's experiences have prepared us for what we choose to do next and how to create our encore write our own script and star in the next stage of our lives i'm your host your encore strategist and transformation catalyst isabel alexander Welcome again, everyone. I hope you've had a fabulous week. And I am delighted today to bring to you another new resource, new connection to me, but I feel like I've known her forever because we have so much in common, including vocabulary, because we were talking offline about being catalysts and lifelong learners and women that are continually looking to expand our impact. So today, please welcome to the Lift As You Climb podcast, Sherry Meredith from Ontario, Canada. And Sherry has a business called Sherry Meredith Consulting. Wow, there's a whole lot more to her background. I've invited Sherry to be here today to help me really clear up the mystery, the intimidation perhaps, around the word philanthropy and how each of us as individuals can find the right way to make a difference, make a contribution, create the legacy that is really aligned with our own values and interests. So please welcome Sherry. Good morning. Good
1: morning, Isabel. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest. I appreciate it.
0: Well, I'm really delighted that, and this is another thing that I think is wonderful, we talked a little bit, that women have this fabulous ability to build communities and collaborations and share connections. And so it is through one of my other guests on the show, Lisa Bilido with 100 Women Who Care Burlington, the giving circle, that I became aware of Sherry and her work and what she is doing to help us all kind of figure out at this time in our life, like really, how do we create a difference and not feel like we just don't have enough resources or we don't know how to begin? Sherry, please talk to me a little more about what we were sharing earlier about, like how does somebody figure out how to get started, and what really is aligned with their own values and place in life.
1: Absolutely. And this is something that I could talk for hours about, so you you can redirect me as we go. And I'd like to start with that word philanthropy that you mentioned, Isabel, because it's a very old word, and I think it's a lovely word. Some people think it's old-fashioned and we should get rid of it, but I'm hesitant to do that. It really means love of humankind. And I think instead of getting rid of it, we should modernize it and really use it well. When I start talking about philanthropy, often people start by saying, I'm not a philanthropist. And I'm sure in their mind, they have a picture of honestly old wealthy white men who've given millions, have their names on buildings and have done some phenomenal things. But the average person would say, that's not me. They're very different. They have more money. They have more power. They're men. There's lots of reasons why people say, I'm not a philanthropist. So, what I've been trying to really help people think about in my work, and this is paralleled, I think, in the field of philanthropy at the moment, is a real broadening of how we think about it and also shifting of some very traditional structures that have been in philanthropy. And one is that shifting of power, that the The donor had all the money, the recipient was the charitable person who had to be grateful and kind of do whatever the donor wanted. And all of that has been shaken up a lot recently. But the other thing, and I think another very positive piece is that people are saying philanthropy is about making a difference in something you care about. Maybe that's a social issue, maybe it's improving the environment, maybe it's sustaining good things that you valued in your community that you want to be there forever. We all have those things that we value. And part of the philanthropy angle that I take is that I'd really love for us to move away from that charitable model of giving back and helping the disadvantaged and that sort of, I have you don't kind of notion, we all have gifts, we all have things. And the notion rather That it's part of being a citizen in a civil society to contribute and shape the world of the future, right? So, when you think of philanthropy that way, it's important to really think well, it's much more than writing a check, right? How do you make a difference in an area that's important to you? There's so many more ways of doing that. So, the first step is figuring out what is important to you and what do you value. Sometimes people Go to advisors and they're given a values checklist and they check off five and then you're done. I think it's more important to think about the things that have been important in your life, the stories, if you like, the people you've admired, what's created positive change, positive things in your life, and begin to build that. And likewise, the things that concern you what do you worry about in the world? And we have so many complex things to deal with, there's such a range of possibilities but really figuring out if you can narrow it down to what is the issue or area where you really feel very strongly that you would like to make a difference. And then I encourage people, if you like, to put that at the center of a wheel, their philanthropy wheel. And some people even create a little vision statement that I would like to do this. And then I encourage people to think about all of the resources all of the things in their life, and including their talents, their own capabilities, that could be drawn on to make a difference related to this issue. And that's where it becomes much more than a check and it becomes accessible to all of us at any point in our life. I'll give you an example. I was working with a young woman, once who had a very senior professional job, young kids had an hour commute to work. And she said to me, Sherry, I honestly don't have an ounce of money, strength, time, whatever, (laughs) to do anything philanthropic. And I we talked a little bit more. And she was saying, you know, about environmental issues and whatever. So I said, Well, do you talk to your kids about those? And she said, Oh, yes, we do this, this and this. And I teach them that and environmentally, we're doing this. And I said, you're making a significant difference there. By what you're teaching your children and creating a generation that will be more responsible stewards of the environment. And that's worth more than a $100 check. That is a really important thing that you're doing right now. So is that philanthropy? Not in the traditional definition. Is that making a difference in something you care about? Yes, hugely. So, So when you look at that wheel and all the possible areas, It's important to look at your finances. Increasingly now, people are looking at their investments. Where is my money invested? Is it aligned with what I care about? Or am I being concerned about one thing, actually investing in companies that work against that? That whole, or could I bulk up my investments to support one area more than others? So there's that part of the money side too. There's your time and some of the traditional things of doing volunteer work, but also there's your networks. And so how do you mobilize your book club, your workplace? People who run small businesses have an excellent opportunity to align some of their corporate social good with their personal values or the values of their employees. Your neighborhood, your children's activities, For each person, the things around that circle will be unique, but they're extensive. All of us have opportunities that way.
0: I really like that perspective that you put on it, Sherry, thinking of it's not just about do you have a lot of money or some money that you want to donate somewhere. I love the fact that each one of us have what I'd call a currency of influence. They are connections, our personal connections, our business connections, all of our network. And how do you bring that to play besides selling them a raffle ticket or something for a charity, right? I love the fact that you're helping us to redefine our relationship with the word philanthropy, where it used to be almost an anonymous transaction, write a check and the money goes somewhere. Particularly, I think there are some, many of us that had kind of a bad taste in our mouth with some charities when we found out how much of the money we were giving, what percentage was going to administrative costs. And as you say, maybe, you know, it was a different act it was like I I would have thought before that I needed to give a check to one of those larger branded charitable or uh, fundraisers now I'm feeling I have an opportunity to get really relatable mm-hmm. my values and whether it's in my community or as you say like I have nine grandchildren how my Legacy can be impacting them around awareness and perspective on how they can make a difference just by their simple daily actions.
1: There's a lot of research, if I can interject there, about what you're exactly, to your point, Isabel, and also some of the what t- tend to be different gender differences between women's philanthropy and male philanthropy. And there's pretty solid research from the Lilly Family Institute of Women's Philanthropy in the u s and also from a woman named Barbara Stewart out of Canada who does research annually looking at women and money, so a whole range of topics. and and they all talk about how women tend to approach things a little differently and want to understand. And so, take a little bit more time sometimes to understand the complexity of things. And I I think when you think of women's traditional roles in family and child rearing and all that, have a pretty solid understanding that things aren't just black and white. There's complexity, there's situational differences, and women tend to take the time, the research tells us, to understand that and to then will take risks in how they deploy their Resources, And we're seeing some of that right now with some of the high profile philanthropists, people like Mackenzie Scott, who's just given away millions and millions of dollars. And she does the due diligence or her people do the due diligence determine the organization is solid and doing their job, and then gives them money, she doesn't try to control where that money goes, she gives them supporting operating money. And it's that trust, right? So women are more comfortable, often like trusting that women also have a greater opportunity these days than ever they have in the past, historically, because they're controlling more money, they've their own money, they're acquiring it through divorce. They're managing their elderly parents' money. They also are the key people for teaching children and grandchildren. So it's actually a really critical role that we're playing. And and one has bigger opportunity to make a difference.
0: You're inspiring me to put you on the spot here on the air and ask... Since International Women's Day is coming up pretty soon, I would love it if you would come back and talk more specifically on that, women and giving and the power that we have to influence, which uh, is the grandest form of lifting and climbing. And let's talk specifically about some of that research and data and share that. I would love to do that.
1: Can I give an example, Isabel, that I use for some people who are sitting out there trying to picture this wheel with all this? And I should say that I can share that tool with people if they're interested and they can go to my website and I'll email to you. I often use the example of a woman that I knew who lived in Hamilton, was a big reader, loved books, books had always been part of her life growing up. And it came to her attention that down in the north end of the city where people are more economically challenged, that a lot of those children had no books, a lot of them were from new Canadian families. And so their parents may not be as literate in English. So there, there were all sorts of things related to reading, and accessing books, as well as the joy and the benefits of reading. So she decided she would donate money to the school and help support an after-school program. But then she also started to think about what are the other ways and who else could she bring into this? And she developed a whole network of doing things. One, she rushed off to her book club and got others interested because they, of course, were all shared that passion. She spoke at her Rotary Club and got them engaged. She realized that there were a couple of the little book um free book libraries um, down in the North End that were always empty. So she and her daughter went about keeping those full. So she would take books from her own house, from her neighborhood, from her friends, and move books down to another neighborhood. It just snowballed. Then she began thinking, I've heard of the Dolly Parton Foundation that gives books. Could we make application? So it got bigger and bigger and it was meaningful, it was fun. And there is research that says philanthropy helps keep you healthy. But it's good for you in that you feel positive, you're making a difference. And for women, you're often connecting with other people too. Writing a check's a very lonely kind of thing to do. But the engagement of others with something that you all care about, doing things where you can see you're making a difference, and it's a model for others. The research also shows that doing and talking about it with your children and grandchildren is good for them too and raises children who believe that they have a commitment and an opportunity to make a difference in the world and I think personally we're all struggling with that a bit these days the issues are so complex COVID has made everybody feel a little bit more isolated and probably disempowered and that we need to re-engage if you like and to find the joy in that. So again, that's a very simple example, a very local example, but you could take that around any interest and begin to have
0: some fun with it too, as a model. I just, I couldn't have planned this out. This is an entire (laughs) ethnicity that what everything you just spoke about, part of the reason that I Refined the format of this podcast to, to showcase people like yourself who are out there actively making a difference and creating new paths forward for others to do so. It was about the isolation that I, I was. Noticing for people during, after, post COVID. And there was a focus on purpose. Instead of pandemic, the word on people's minds seemed to be purpose. Like, what's it all about? Alfie was one of my recent topics. My first interview on this season was with a woman who started the pajama program in the U S, which was about storybooks and pajamas for disenfranchised children and the importance of that and the ripple effect and how Oprah became involved they've touched the lives of seven and a half million children going. It's that women coming together the community, the human connection and then my next episode is a woman in Rotary in Bali, Indonesia and how she and her Rotary group came together to teach sewing and crocheting to local women to provide income from them so they could work from a home.
1: The stories go on, don't they, though? It's not that men don't do these things, but there are some patterns that have been typical over the generations of how women do things. I bet everybody listening to this could probably, if I said to them, so if you had something that needed to be done in your community, you know the three people you would call that would make it happen, right? Women get things done. And whether it's something for their children's school or rallying meals for the person who lives next door who's just had surgery or whatever it is in our lives. And so it's it's a drawing on that kind of thing that really makes the fabric of society strong. You can read all the research about how we've become more distant as a society and we don't have social connections but you have to build those and yeah. everybody begins to build theirs and then we add those together it's like an impressionist painting it does make a difference to the big issues all the small dots make the big painting i think it's really important that we be a bit more i'm not a big user of the word intentional but i think that we need to take all those opportunities we can right now in our society to make sure that people feel engaged. I know a lot of people feel very stretched physically and emotionally, financially right now. And so you don't want it to be one more thing. Mm -hmm. But I think there is scale. And sometimes injecting something positive into that really stressful life really is refreshing, right? And so it's a matter of finding the right thing and the right amount of things, I want to mention one more thing, because again, I'm here in Hamilton, Ontario. And there's a woman here by the name of Amy Cross, who developed this amazing thing called gender fair. It's largely in the US, but it's an index of businesses, and she developed this whole system of rating them on their gender related policies and practices. So, again, you think of how much of the family finances that women control the spending. And when you're buying something, you can go on this index and compare companies about how they are rated on gender-related policies. So everything from their personnel policies to how people show up in their advertising, any number of things. And so you can make choices on spending. If gender equity is something you're interested in, you can make choices on what you buy that will support that issue that you care about. We all shop every day for something.
0: Thank you. I would appreciate an introduction to her. Yes, she'd be an interesting guest. A wonderful guest. And I'd also like to get the details and I will include in this episode's show notes and transcript your contact information and also any other organizations that you recommend for people to hear and evaluate because it is about personal choice and personal connection. I know you have an important engagement and a hard stop coming up soon. But before I let you go, I want the commitment that we can get to do this again. But also just to sort of bring it down, I think we've put out a lot of ideas and possibilities for people to consider. Not doing anything is a choice and not knowing what to choose can also be daunting. But I believe that you have a tool or a resource that begins to help people get a picture. Could you talk a little bit about that today and how my audience can Take advantage of what you're offering with that? Absolutely. So, I do have a tool that
1: walks you through the process of beginning with thinking about what's important to you and some of the more deeper questions to ask through to beginning to map this out and then refining that down to where you want to start. It doesn't tell you what organization to invest in, it doesn't tell you whether you should make gifts of stocks or whatever. It's not that end, it's the mm-hmm. upfront end, which I think is often overlooked. It's the key to being meaningful and key, I think, to having impact. So people can uh, get that tool through my website. You just need to express your interest and I will send it to you. I also offer workshops online or in person periodically. So if people want some help, either in a group or individually, Because having someone ask you those questions, facilitate that discussion can be helpful. Some people just need the tools. So
0: both are options through my website. I most definitely uh, will provide that information to everybody. And just to clarify, so Sherry, would you offer your consulting, your coaching to individuals as well as groups that might be interested or companies as well? Yes,
1: absolutely. I'm really happy to do workshops for a group too. I was talking to a women's service club the other night, and they were having trouble figuring out where they wanted to put their flag in the ground around this bigger issue. Access to education, I think, is one their bigger issue for women. So even a group like that, helping them walk through that process and narrow down their strategy, it's almost like strategic planning for a group like that, because it, those kinds of decisions can be very difficult for a group to make. Sometimes it starts at the end. Well, we could give to this organization or that as opposed to really building from the beginning and then getting to a meaningful end.
0: As Simon Sinek highlighted for us, if you don't start with the why, it's very, very difficult to do that. All right. Sherry, thank you very much. This is the beginning, I believe, of what we can share with everybody. And hopefully we've ignited a few sparks and at least inspired some curiosity to learn a little more. And maybe Merriam-Webster will redefine the definition of philanthropy with our help.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope our conversation added value to your day and expanded your vision for your legacy and impact. Please join me in increasing my impact and expanding my reach to even more people by sharing this episode on social media, with friends, and leaving a review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or channel of choice. To catch all the latest from me, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Connect with me and others in our community Facebook group, the Lift As You Climb Movement, where you can engage, be inspired by, and grow with a tribe of like-minded people. As I evolve as a podcaster and spokeswoman for collaboration and economic empowerment, your input and feedback are especially important to me. I welcome your suggestions and questions to hello at TheEncoreCatalyst.com. Until we meet again, please remember, your success may be the foundation for someone else's. Together, we can raise success ladders around the world.